Thank you again, Pastor. Uh, we're going to look at Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I know it's familiar with you. And uh, uh, sorry you was not here in Sunday school. People got to know me a little better. Uh, because of the decisions I've made, it's, it makes me the Christian I am today. Uh, I will receive the Lord as my personal Savior on November 22nd, 1987 at the age of 30. I had uh, I grew up in a home not centered upon God, nor His Word. I lived my life not seeking all the Almighty. I had no desire to know God. It was not until my dad died at 72 that I began to realize the brevity of life. And our daughter, Cheryl, invited me to a church service like this. A preacher got up and said, there's somebody looking for a friend. I had lost my dad. I was looking for a friend. He said, you've lost your dad, your mother, your son, or daughter, and you're grieving in our service this evening. And I'll take the Bible and show you a friend who will never leave thee. Now, folks, I got that nearly 30 years ago. I was taken to Hebrews 13.5. Jesus said, I am fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And then I knew Joshua 1.9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for I am with thee whithersoever thou goest. Well, I knew that, but I got an upgrade. Whithersoever thou goest, uh, I'm in Kmart too. And then he got in my car, and then I realized he's in me too. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not that Christ liveth in norm. And so, and now I can't even get by with the dirty thought. Ezekiel 11.5 says, I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. And so, Matthew 5.28 says, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, son, uh, you've committed adultery with her. You have lost my blessing, my power on your life and ministry. And so, the decisions I've made have made me the Christian I am today. Every decision you make, this is important, you get that. Every decision you make, you draw one step closer to God. I am. Now, you can draw as close to God as you want to. You draw nigh to God. You take a step of faith, one decision toward Christ. He'll draw one step closer to you. Now, you will find him when you search for him with your whole heart. No division. No provisions for the flesh. Nothing for yourself. And so, get to know him. Get to know him. Most of God's people know Christ like they know the Queen of England. They have no clue who he is. Uh, tell me something about him. What does he love? Tell me something that he loves. Well, he loves righteousness. Okay? Tell me something. See, John 14, 21, Christ said, He that loveth me. John 14, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. God's people, they appreciate and they like what Christ has done for them. Tasted death took upon himself their sins, died in their place, and they come to church Sunday and Wednesday from time to time. They have the idea that will satisfy the Lord. Christ ought not be treated that way among his people. Uh, and so, John fourteen twenty three, Jesus says, If a man love me, he will keep my words. It's in the book. I didn't write it. It is in the book. Uh, John fourteen twenty four. If a man loveth me not, he keepeth not my sayings. Okay, you tell me something that he said. I was in a church last week, and uh, she, uh, and she says, come up to me after the service. She says that really hit me, brother Stevens. She says when you said tell me something that Jesus said, she said I couldn't come up with anything. And now she was probably in her forties. Okay, 
And so, okay, are you fully, my new word is now, are you fully persuaded that he actually meant anything that he said? Well, the difference is he actually meant what he said, and he said what he meant. He's not like us, okay? And that we don't mean what we say or say what we mean. I surrender all, okay? Now, what do you mean by that compared to what he meant when he thought you said by that, okay? I surrender all, uh, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness and the sin. So if you yield your tongue to gossip, you're a servant of sin. He never intended his children to take decades to get that, okay? I'm just trying to help these. They've already heard this. You kind of knew it this. I don't want to run you off right away, <laughs> okay? Uh, you don't have a decade to get what I'm sharing with you. You got to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. You don't have a decade to get what I'm sharing with you. And the young people don't have a decade to get it. Christ could come again. He's gone to prepare a place for us. He will come again, receive us unto himself that where he is, we will be with him forever. And so I'm fully persuaded that he actually has gone to prepare a place. And he will come again because he promised. He promised. And again... Uh, uh, we're no longer doers of the word. We're hearers, and we let it go in one ear and right out the other. We talked about that already. That's not letting his word abide in you. Letting his word abide in you is actually taking the truth of the word of God and not letting it go. Uh, We talked about that on Sunday, uh, getting to know me better. We started abiding in Christ, John chapter 15. Why is it so important that we uh, maintain fellowship with the Almighty? Uh, Remember, that's why he saved you. He did not save you merely to take you to heaven. He did not save you merely to forgive you of your sins. He did not do that. He saved you so that you might make a decision to draw nigh unto God, that you might walk with the Creator. Now, I made that decision decades ago. I made a decision to walk with God. Mark 8, 34, Jesus said, Whosoever will. (laughs) So it's a, a decision you got to make. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So it's a life of self-denial. And it's, a, it's dying to self. Uh, living for others. Stop living for yourself. And so you've got to decide. No man can serve two masters. Matthew 6.24, no man can serve two masters. So we're trying to prove Jesus a liar. And we're going to find out that Jesus actually tells the truth. Uh, he's not like, see... You're trying to figure out if I'm telling the truth or not. You see, you've, you're, you're, you, you're trying to figure out, okay, what's, what's he trying to say? So you, you're older, and you've been lied to, you've been deceived, and you've been hurt. <laughs> Find me a mechanic you can take your car to and have fully confidence that you're not going to be ripped off, okay? If there's a mechanic in there, sorry about that, Okay. But you, you know what I'm saying? You find me someone you can actually go to with complete confidence. And so, but a child doesn't think like that. I thank God that all my wires are not connected. I, I was concerned about that. I said, God, I'm 60 now. And I don't act like it. I mean, uh, my wires are not connected. And he said, son, I've done you a favor. So I get to see the Almighty like a child, like a child might see the Lord. And so you need to take me like a child. A nine-year-old will respond to me. Immediately, I was first through fourth grade at, uh, uh, at a Christian school last week, first through fourth grade. I talked about growing in Christ. I said, this is how you can grow. You need to read the Bible. And you'll read the Bible. It'll help you to grow. You don't read the Bible, you won't grow. I said, if you uh, pray, that's the way you can grow. And you don't read it. And I said, let me give you another one. You know, you need to be a witness for Jesus. And then you need to be... Um, 
uh, be in church. You need to be in church. You need to find your church, your Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whatever. And these will help you grow. But I now, you've got to make a decision. Discipline yourself to do what? Decide it and depend upon the Spirit of God. And I said, now how many of you, and you know what? They got it. First, first through fourth grade, they could repeat exactly what I have just shared with you at the end of the, at the, end of the session. And I can get with God, some of God's people and say the same thing and they have no clue what I said. And they actually believe it. <laughs> the nine-year-old, they actually, you know, they actually believe what I say. That's amazing. But you're going to have to just take God at his word. It, don't take, it doesn't take decades. I, and i give an example again. I, God told me I was at one church. Uh, I said, folks, I cannot dumb this down any dumber. Okay. Now, I didn't mean anything by it. Honestly, sincerely, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try to reign. Uh, we reward thee according to thy way. According to so he knew it. So I was down here, and I'm just saying, you don't got a decade to get this, and I can't dumb it down any dumber and get out of the nursery. You've been in the nursery for 35 years. It's about time you make a decision, a step of faith, and get out of the nursery. And so the fact that we have no faith, you have no faith. And so a step of faith, it's okay. Christ will meet you in that moment of discipline and empower you to do the walk, the talk, and the fellowship and all of that. But he won't do for you what you could do for yourself and won't do because you have no character. No character. What's he doing in the 21st century? Well, this is before you got here. That's 6,000 years uh, or so. This is your life. So he's got three score and ten to build character in you, not only in this world, fix you up in such a way you can render service now, but in the world to come. Okay, the world to come. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered what God thinks about your prayer life? Have you, have you ever wondered what God thinks about your walk with God? You can walk with God like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the day. Walk and talk with him. He talks back to you through his word that the spirit of God, you are to obey him. Obedience is a decision. Obedience is not a feeling. So this is Christianity 101. <laughs> okay. You're in the nursery. You've been in the nursery for decades. It's about time that you take a step of faith and get out of the nursery. So kind of bring everybody back up to... Uh, we had 36 on Sunday. It gets, it's, it's kind of normal. It just kind of filters, pokes out by the end of the week. And I don't even try. I got to smile and everything. But it's, so the only reason for Norman, that's my name, the only reason for me to inhale and exhale is that I might walk with God. That's the only reason to inhale and exhale. Uh, this is not my home. I'm merely passing through. And one day I will be with him forever, never to depart again. But until then, I want to get to know him. I have a passion to know God. I have a passion to walk with God like no other Christian on the planet. I don't have a passion to make a lot of money. I've already been there, done that. Okay? I not have a passion to make a, a build a business or a reputation. Many of you have a passion to make money, a name, notoriety. But do you have a passion to walk with the Almighty? By his side, as his friend, as his companion, have your heart burn within as he reveals himself to you. Do what he says. Go when he wants you to go. Bring your life in total submission to him. Then and only then will God's people ever discover what the normal Christian life is about. Normal 
Christianity 101. (laughs) And some of you folks have missed it. You've missed it for decades. He's not trying to take something away from you. God is trying to lead you to something that's wonderful. Deciding to walk with the Creator is a path that is wonderful. I'm telling you, it's wonderful, but it requires obedience. John 15.10. See, it's not enough to take His Word in. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Okay, it's not enough to take the truth of God, the Word of God in, but you've got to be obedient to it. John 15.10. If you keep my commandments... Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now, as you make a decision to walk with the Almighty by His side as His friend, as His companion, He talks back to you through the instruction manual. This is the only book you need right now. Most of God's people are not ready for the dictionary yet. This is the book. We can save a lot of money. Save a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, this is the book. Devil don't want you in this book. He knows if you get in this book, you'll learn to think right. You'll learn to think like God. You'll learn to think as God thinks. You'll learn to think God's thoughts. Now, if you think right, think like God, think as God thinks, think God's thoughts, you're going to be transformed according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. That is, you'll be changed to what you ought to be for the Almighty. He'll build character. He'll make something out of you so he can fix you up now in the world to come. Again, this is Christianity 101. I haven't even got to the hard stuff yet. You should have mastered complaining by now. Most of God's people laugh at that. And I said, well, you're calling Jesus a liar then. Uh, if he's a liar, he's not worthy of my devotion or, my, or, 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 or me serving him. He never told you something you could not do. If he did, he is a liar and he's not worthy. But if he actually meant what he said, he said what he meant. He never told his children something they could not do. I'm telling you, if you've got any years at all as a Christian, you should have mastered uh, complaining 101. I'm not saying preaching sin of perfection. I'm simply saying complain less and less and then master that. And so he was up all night. You need to realize that God was up all night last night. Now, you hope he was up all night. I know he was up all night, okay? And he had me on his heart and mind. <laughs> he was thanking the Norman all night. And, and so... Because I know that. He said, I'm going to plan Norman's day. I'm going to make this the day I've made. I'm going to re- I want Norman to rejoice and be glad in it. By the way, he wants you to. Okay. And so he's up all night. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink. No, 31. There have no temptation taken you, but such, such as come to man. But God is faithful, who not suffer you to be tempted. So what God's doing right now, he's on his throne, and he's checking out your life. And he wants you to walk with him. That's his desire. That's why he saved you, so that you walk with God by your side as his friend. He wants to build character in his kids so he can fix you up now in the world to come. And he's not going to do for you what you do for yourself and won't do because you have no character. And so he says, okay, that will build character. Uh, you know, Satan cannot lay a finger on me except God give him permission. Okay, and this doesn't end. So what he's done, he says, this will either build character or they're going to get bitter. <laughs> this will do it. And now if they respond, they, okay. And so, folks, I got that nearly 30 years ago. I'm telling you, it didn't take me a decade to get it. Like the guy, I can't dumb it down any dumber. The pastor got greatly offended. Well, he must not know the book. Psalm 118, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them except when the preacher gets up and says, Hey, can't dumb it down any dumber. You don't have a decade to get it. And so he got up in the pulpit, immediately got up in the pulpit, 
He said, Brother Stevens, Mr. Stevens, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Stevens, I knew I was in trouble at that point. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, you can't make it any plainer. Boy, he was very, I said, a plainer is something you use on wood. <laughs> I'm smart, man, I got it. Plainer, wood, right? Folks, when God saved me at the age of 30, I had an eighth grade education making straight F's through school. I couldn't even pronounce the word therefore at age 30. At 35, they stuck me in third grade English. They taught me to say, used to be able to. I used to say, used to could. Okay, it didn't take me a decade to get it, if you want to get an A. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta pay attention. And so, you see, one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow the knee one day. One day, I will bow the knee before the Lord. And by the way, you will too. One day you will submit, whether you like it or not, you will submit. And so, it's appointed unto men once to die, after this the judgment. Romans 14.10, we should all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, why do I hide his word in my heart? Y'all remember, I told you, why do I hide my, his word in my heart? Y'all remember what I told you, what I taught you Sunday. Why do I hide his word in my heart? Yeah, let me give you an upgrade, that I might walk with God. Don't ever forget that. You got something brand new. You hide his word in your heart that you might walk with the Almighty. Yeah. And so most of God's people are out of fellowship with the Lord. They don't even know it. A majority of God's people are not even in fellowship. They're not united in him. They're not abiding in him. They're out of fellowship. They've been deceived. And they don't even know it. So you can imagine me talking like that that he never intended to complain, period. Up all night, planning out your day. He puts 14 inches of snow down while you're sleeping, getting your beauty rest, you know. You wake up and say, oh me, what a lousy day, Lord. And before you get out the door, you're already out of fellowship with the Almighty. And so, remember that. It'll take you a decade to get it. Who lives in you? Christ in you. And so what do you do? If Christ puts 14 inches of snow on the ground, what does Christ do? Get to do. He gets to shovel it back up. Okay. Praise God. Matt is evidently listening. He's growing in grace and knowledge. Second Peter 3.18. And, 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 and our, see, see what I'm saying? It, it is, this is not complicated. We have complicated it. Once we know what he is doing, the purpose of God's working in mankind was not simply to save man from his suffering. The purpose of God's working in mankind is to make it possible for man to truly walk with God. And by his side, as his friend, as his companion, have his heart burn within as he reveals himself to you. And this is available for every Christian on the planet who is willing to live a godly life (laughs) in his presence. A godly life in his presence. And like I say, too much is given, much is required. I wish I could go back. I can't go back. I asked him to get rid of my forgetter. <laughs> I was talking about Dan. He was talking about his forgetter. I, asked, I actually asked God to get rid of my forgetter. Do you know if it's the will of God, I can have it? Yeah. So I asked, I said, you know, and wisdom, if any of you like wisdom, and I'll tell people, why don't you humble yourself? You know, you've got to make yourself small in the sight of God, uh, you know, and humble yourself in the sight of God and come and kneel down and ask him for a photographic memory, wisdom, and, and get ready to forget her. And I come back the next day and I say, how many folks did that? Nobody? I say, you weren't listening. <laughs> you weren't listening. Well, you, I mean, you, there's not a person in the building that don't need it, Okay. But there will be few that ever ask. James 4.2, my people have not because they ask not. 
maybe don't feel worthy or whatever, but you know why? Why should he actually give you a photographic memory? Why should he give you, uh, heal you? Why should he actually do anything for you at all? <laughs> What's in it for him? James 4, 3. My children receive not because they ask amiss that they may consume it upon their lust. So this again, Christianity, one alone, you should have mastered this when you were seven in a Christian home. You see what I'm saying? You should have mastered some of this already. This is, not, this is not even the hard stuff. So once you see God is on his throne, he's building character in his kids, I want to bow the knee one day a full-grown Christian. Don't you want to be a full-grown Christian? When you meet, if you stand before him one day unashamed, it will be because you made a decision. By the grace of God, that's how you're going to stand before him one day. And so we talked about abiding in Christ. so important that we stay united in him, abiding in him. And then we said you can bear fruit. Verse 5, verse 7, you can get your prayers answered. Verse 11, you can have the joy of the Lord. He intended us, children, to have the joy of the Lord. And verse 11, these things I write unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. And then two conditions, abiding in Christ, to only two. So, number one, you need to let his word abide in you. That's verse 7, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. So remember on Sunday, I said, some of you folks need to go home. I wonder how many actually did that. Went over it. God, you taught me today in Sunday school that if I would abide in you, stay united in you, whatever that means, I would avoid it with a dry, useless life. Verse 6, you know, what's going to happen if I don't abide in Christ? A man, you cast forth the branch and withered, men cast them into fire and they'll burn. In other words, you won't live a withered, dry, useless life for the cause of Christ. And then, so it's not enough just take the word of God in, so... You've got to go over the truth of you've been taught. The church is the only place we come in and go out as dumb as we were when you came in, okay? And he never intended that. I'm telling you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to college and do that. And we think, oh, it, takes, it don't take decades to get what I'm sharing with you. You've got to be a, a hearer and a doer. You need to apply what you've learned. And then that's verse 10, if you keep my commandments. So not, it's not enough to take the word of God in. You need to be obedient to it. And so that was uh, John 15, 5 through 11. And then we talked about uh, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. He wants you to yield your body a living sacrifice. Is that biblical? John, how many verses do we need? John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Christ said, now, if you were fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said, you might do something about it. John 14, 21. Uh, is he the heaven, uh, what is that? Uh, anyway, um, uh, what's that other one? Uh, Mark 8, 34. Whosoever will come after me, let him die himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 35. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's name shall save it. And so what I'm saying is, you need to come to that place where you lay down your life, your career. Yeah, I've got 45 years in that. Oh, lay it down. <laughs> lay it down. Either, see, get out of the nursery. Lay down your life. Come alongside. And we're going to talk about that tonight. You know, he said, I want you to, I'm not saying he's going to take your career, your life, your home. Somebody said, well, you want me to sell everything I have and go live on a mountain and be like a monk. I know we had communication gap there, but that's not what I was saying, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm not, okay, I'm not saying that. I know 42 years married, we still have communication problems, okay? But I'm not saying sell all that you have, go on a mountain, live like a monk. 
Okay? I'm simply saying, lay down your life. <laughs> lay down your career. Lay down your ambition, your goals. You lay it all down and let him uh, call the shots. Let him call the shots. Until then, you're still in the nursery. You'll be in the nursery for decades. You're going to have to take a step of faith. The problem is we have no faith. Oh, ye a little faith. So when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? All it is is simply acting as if what God says is true. And so now it kind of brings us up to, and then he said, holy, set apart. When you present your body a living sacrifice, yield your body a living sacrifice to Christ. Uh, you've made the final decision in your life, okay? You're totally, at this point, you're dedicated to God. You're given over to God in every single way. Everything that you possess now belongs to Him. He cannot be Lord of most of it or 10% of it. He has got to be the Lord of it all. <laughs> hey, that's a good deal. Okay. <sighs> no one can live that way, Brother Stevens. God says you can't, Okay. I've already heard, I've heard people try to wiggle, they try to squirm, and they try, did you, t- well, how long did it take you to get it? I said, well, when he called, said, I can't dumb it down any number, I got it, okay? Well, I said, I can't dumb it down any number, he can't said, I can't make it any plainer, it didn't take me a decade to get it. So now I say, I can't make it any simpler. <laughs> okay, it didn't take me decades to get it, I got it immediately. <laughs> and uh, all things work together for good. He canceled the meeting, hey, that was the, I was finished, that was it. And so, but see, I go back and apply scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks for this, the love of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Don't get bitter, get better. And then all, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to them, but love God. And he said, now you go use that as a teaching tool. It don't take decades to get it. And folks, if I'm here, you're ready for this. Right? You say, oh, oh, don't look for a... If, if I'm here, that means God meant you to be here. You're ready for this. Yeah, yeah. You say, oh, I don't know. Yeah, according to God, you're ready for it. Because he was up all night. He approved it. That's right. He had to go across his throne room. He said, okay, they ready for it. Go preach. Go deliver the mail. <laughs> I'm not well pleased. <laughs> so I'll just get to deliver the mail now. Now, you might not come back. That's okay. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please the Lord. He's the one I must please. What's our main goal in life? Your main goal in life is to glorify God in all that you do, right? We've already learned. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there have no, uh, 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all the glory of God. That's your main goal in life. Now, is that going to take you another decade to actually apply that truth? That whatsoever you do, do it hardly as in the Lord, not in the men, knowing the Lord. Then you'd never have a half to pat on the back. His child jobs, he does it as in the Lord, not into the customer. Man, they don't, they rip him off, don't pay him, and this, that, and the other. He can just say, well, praise God, God, I did it as in the Lord, not into them. He would never be discouraged. Glory! <laughs> it don't take a decade to get it, does it, man? It's going to take you another decade to get it? Uh-huh. What do you do? If you do whatsoever you do, don't you do, you do child jobs, right? You do it as unto the Lord, not into. That's right. Knowing of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the I'm telling you, he's got your back. Folks, I'm on a mission for the Almighty, and I know it. <laughs> the difference is, you don't, you, maybe you don't know that yet. Christ is even in the room, folks. I don't know how he does it, and I don't care how he I don't need to know how he does it. 
But I do know he said in Matthew 18, 20, he's not, he says he's not a liar. And then another, and if we're two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of it. I know, I don't, but I know he's here. Folks, I get to come and adore and worship the Almighty. <laughs> That's why I don't put gum underneath the seats, man. Don't put gum underneath the seats. These new chairs, you know, don't put gum on there. <laughs> anyway, you got to learn to stop at the stop sign. You can get as close to God as you want to. Titus 2.12, teaching us to deny the ungodly and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and God-like. Godly, folks, in this present world. That's the 21st century for stop signs. And then you get the stop sign master, then he puts the white line in there. I thought, well, I didn't see that one coming. Right? You want to, you got to draw nigh unto God. He won't tolerate uh, disobedience. Outright rebellion at this point. Okay, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. There's a reason you're not doing that. You're not fully persuaded that he actually meant it. You know, God's people are scared and timid. Why would he say be careful for nothing? But in everything by prayer and supplication, let thanksgiving, let your request be made unto the God. Maybe you just... See, we don't know what he said. And why do I hide his word in my heart? Why do I hide this word in so I can walk with God by his side, as his friend, as his companion, have my heart burn within as he reveals himself to me. Doing what is lawful and legal that I might gain a prize at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to hear, it's my desire to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. No, I want to hear him, I want to see him one day with a praise in mind. Yeah, don't you, don't, don't you want to say? It's not going to happen by accident. Again, we're going back to Christianity 101. It don't take decades to get. What God's people are telling me is we don't want it, Matt. We don't want it. Folks, I can't help you. If you want to live in the flesh, you want to walk around all day long under the flesh, under the old sin nature that you have you're born with, you want to live with thoughts of anger, envy, jealousy, and lust, if that's the way you want to walk with God, I can't help you. But if you want to live for Christ, pursue the will of God, glorify God, be what God wants to be, I can help you. And I hope that's your desire. So then we talked about not only and be transformed, so the new birth, okay, change begins with the new birth. The natural man, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. No chastening going on. You're not that good. It may very be you've never experienced new birth. And so we need to talk. And so for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And so uh, maybe, so and a change continues as the people of God yield to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. There's no plan B. There's no plan B. And that's how we continue as we mature and we grow and be a full-grown Christian. So that kind of leads us, and that's all. This, this stuff that I'm sharing with you is something I got nearly 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Someone took an interest in me, a pastor, Michael Bates, and stuck me under his wing for five years. And he says, this is the way walk ye in it. I was dumb enough to actually believe him. <laughs> I didn't. Submit yourselves, obey them to have the rule over you and submit yourselves. I, I, didn't, I didn't know you didn't have to do that if you didn't want to. I, just, I guess it's like that childlike faith that I actually, I figured he meant what he said and he said what he meant. 
And I think that's made the difference in my walk with the Lord. Uh, as soon as I was confronted with the truth, I would discipline myself to do, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart to fear thy name. And now I'm, I'm, more, I'm more resolved than ever uh, to, to walk with God. And so Galatians 2.20, and, and see, the Apostle Paul has nothing on us, okay? David has nothing on us. Abraham has nothing on us. We can know God like Abraham did. We can also know God like the Apostle Paul did. And we can know God like Enoch did. That's what I'm trying to desire, is to walk with God like Enoch did. You can know God like George Mueller did. You can know God. There's no reason why the children of God in the 21st century cannot know God as these men did. Let's take it to a new level. I'm talking about a new level. We, if Christ were to come in the room, I know it might be a shock to you, but uh, he would not say one more word than what is revealed in the Word of God. In other words, you have everything Christ would say to you if he were speaking by his voice anyhow. You've got it right here written down in the Bible. And the presence of God in your life is as real as the presence of God with Moses. You can, get, you can know God. No reason you cannot know God as they did. Now he's going to cost you a few things. He's going to put his finger on the thing you love most. The one that thou lovest, Isaac, you'll get know, and he won't give you a second chance. He often gives the repentant child of God a second chance, but get to know God like Moses. He says, don't you ever presume upon that. I will take you home. And so you can know God like Moses did, and you can know God like the Apostle Paul did, and there's a martyr's crown to win. Glory! Glory! Okay, you ought to live in such a way. Where's the devil right now? This is just, I didn't even get started yet. Okay, this is just introduction. Okay, I'm all serious. This is, this is merely introduction. Okay, where's the devil most likely now? <laughs> Not under the bed, okay? Most likely, Revelation, according to his instruction manual, Revelation 12.10, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God down and night. So he's probably in the presence of God seeking to accuse you of not even living for Christ. Or pursuing the will of God. No, see, he don't want you to know what Jesus said. He don't want you to be fully persuaded. He don't want you to live for Christ. He don't want you to do the will of God. He don't want him to repent of sin. He don't want you to do right. He wants you to rebel. <laughs> and as soon as you make a decision to walk with God, to live for Christ, to read the book... Trouble comes. <laughs> Count on it. You're going to be opposed every step of the way. Jesus was opposed by the devil every step of the way. You're not going to be exempt. Expect it. It's going to come. But you've got to push through like a runner. <laughs> a faith Christ cannot test. He cannot trust. He did it in the garden, and he's doing it today. So a faith he cannot test. He cannot trust. We honor him with our lips. But our walk don't line up with what we say we actually believe. We got it in our head, but we don't have it in our walk. You ought to live in such a way that you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. You ought to be able to say that. Live in such a way you can say, I know I'm well-pleasing to God. I'm well-pleasing in God's sight. There's nothing between my soul and my Savior. You're not built to carry all... The past guilt and all that. You know, we've all made some awful mistakes. The difference is I have no mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I don't carry all that. See, I did what God did. I got it right and he forgave me. And I did what God did. I don't carry all that past with me. Jesus said looking back ends up going back. Not fit for the kingdom. Okay, so 
It's right here. He tells you right here. He tells you how to... Psalm 32, verse 8. I'll instruct thee and teach thee in a way that thou shalt go. Let me help you. In a way that thou shalt worship. I'll instruct thee and teach thee in a way that thou shalt walk with me. By my side is my friend and my companion. I'll instruct thee and teach thee. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy giving. You see what I'm saying? Those are upgrades. Right? It's so simple. It's not complicated. So it's going to take another decade to apply what you've learned. Folks, you don't got a decade to get it. Christ could come today. What you need to do is get serious. You need to lay down your life for he who tasted death and took upon himself. You need to lay down your life completely for the friend. And see, those are the decision. I can't make it for you. I'm telling you it's a good deal, better deal. God will come alongside and help you and help you to grow. And so if we were to take the time to look at the life of the Apostle Paul after he was saved, after he was born again, we'd all stand in all the life in which a man lived for the master. Here's a man. I mean, he lived for Jesus Christ. He was like us, blasphemer, persecutor, devout enemy of the Lord. But he too met the Lord. His was on the road to Damascus. We've already read that. Okay, mine was at Providence Baptist Church, Riverview, Florida. I was looking for a friend. I found a friend. He said, I'll never leave Norman. And I'm telling you what. I go love on Matt a while. Go love on Matt. I know he loves me, okay? And I say, go love on, yeah, go love on. I'm just saying, and he's not a respect of persons. But he has never let up on me, not once. I mean, it started about within a month after my, well, actually, within a month of my new birth. I'm telling you what, I didn't want to, I didn't want, I, I, I love the new birth, and I love the forgiveness of sins, and the guilt all gone, but after that, ugh, everything went wrong. And it was not until I started applying scripture, so I had to hide his word in my heart. And that, that made the different, whole, all the difference in the world. And so, so the Apostle Paul lived for the Lord. He did something great. He lived his life for the Christ. But what, how did Paul do it? Well, he said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. And he tells us how to live the crucified life. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Remember I said last night, you see me, right? I'm here in the land of the living, yet not I. See, I have no life. I laid my life down for the friend who took upon himself my sins and died in my place. I realized that he can do a far better job of running my life than I can ever do. He can do a far better job with my finances than I ever dreamed possible. And he can do more. But, people me, are you for real? <laughs> what happened? I experienced a new birth and I made a decision to walk with God. He come alongside. See, you don't see, you don't see the unknown. It's all, it's, all you see is tragedy, hardship, sorrow, you, I mean, but I'm telling you, it's okay. He will meet you. You take a step of faith, he will meet you in that moment of discipline, and he'll empower you to get through the trial, the hardship, the pain, and the difficulty. But you've got to make the step of faith. I can't do it for you. And, and the more you get to know him, the, the more you, you yearn to know him more. And, I mean, do you know what? I, I went to the Lord. It, it, it's so neat. This is not, man. I went to the Lord. Debbie says, we got a problem, a financial problem. I said, we don't got a financial problem. I work for God. Man, I can't. See, I don't go to Walmart. I don't go to, you know, 7-Eleven or Special K or whatever. Okay, I am working for the Almighty. And so I've got to live in God. I can't do something in private. It will not be seen in public eye. And God not say, See, I don't want to 
I don't want, I don't want to tie the hands of God from blessing me, okay? So I've got to live a godly life when in his presence, whether I like it or not, okay? You still make the mistake, you stumble, you fall, and you get back up, ride a, who rode the bicycle the first time you got on it? You ride and you fall and ride and fall. After a while, you stop you complaining, okay? You get up, get up, get up, and fight. You do. But anyway, it, it's, it's not complicated. It's a decision. And you need to decide. You need to lay down your life. And so that's what happened to Paul. He said, hey, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live out of Christ. See, when you lay down your life, Christ gets to call the shots. He gets to live out his life in and through you 24-7. 365-66. You've made the final decision of your life. But I'm not always sure what's right. That's why he gave the instruction manual. See, most of God's people, they don't read the instruction manual. They don't even know how to start the car. They start the car, they don't even read the instruction manual until the red light comes on, and then they want to find out what the red light come on, okay? Or whatever. It's a vacuum cleaner. Who, who, who reads the instruction manual in the vacuum cleaner? A typewriter, a computer. I mean, you turn the thing on the cell phone. You turn the thing on, next thing you know, you got it. And that's that way. Here it is. Just, y'all coming back, right? <laughs> okay, just as man cannot get saved any way he chooses, folks, you cannot worship God. You cannot walk with God. You cannot live for Jesus Christ any way you choose. And that's where many of God's people have missed it. They don't even know how it is said. Folks, if there's something between you and God, it's not his fault. It's your fault. You're undone. You're unclean. You can come tonight. You can sing songs of worship and praise, talk nobly about God, put tithes in the offering plate, praise God for it. But if, you, if there's something between you and God, your worship and praise is not acceptable to God. Now, it can be. Right, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What we need, the people of God just need to have their sins washed away, okay? See, that's not complicated. You know, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, that will not despise. We just don't know how to get small. And we don't know how to draw nigh to God. We don't even know how to worship him. We certainly don't know how to walk with him by his side as his friend, as a companion. Because we don't know what he said. We're not fully persuaded. So I hope it's a new, I hope it's a new start for you. For some of you, I've always used, man, I, and you'll decide, well, I don't know. I, I've, I've taught people across the country, uh, just start with zero. You don't know nothing, okay? Just start with zero, okay? And I, you, get, you open this book up tomorrow morning, and you say, God, I need help. <laughs> you know, then you ask. You have not because you ask not. See, he won't open the book for you. I'm sorry, it's, it's, that would be too easy. Come on. You know, man, you know why he left the spirit, the, the, the old sin nature in us? I was telling him, I know, I, 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 I. Well, he could have took that thing away. He said, I left that there to build character in my kids. <laughs> they can turn him off if they want to, and they don't even do it. But anyway, that was free. And so, it's the truth. Hey, have you ever had God open up your mind? But why should he open your mind up to anything? What's in it for him? You only live for him on Sunday and Wednesday from time to time, so why should he even give you wisdom? Have you ever thought about that, you know? And so, get to know him. And so, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, I did this decades ago. <laughs> I just opened the book. I said, help! <laughs> Psalms 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. Oh, anyway, I just need help. And he will do what he did for Norm. He will meet you now in that moment of discipline and empower you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, literally through Christ who keeps on giving no man the strength. 
memorize scripture, for, folks. I memorize more scripture now than I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, God is good. Anything too hard for him? Jeremiah 32, verse 27. Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Anything too hard for me? See, the difference is I know there's nothing too hard. He said it. And Jehovah, the maker thereof, Jehovah that formed it, established Jeremiah 33, verse 2. Three times in one verse, he said the person making the promise in verse 3 is Jehovah. He put his reputation on the line. I learned that decades ago. Call unto me, Norm. I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things for thou knowest not. But why should I actually, why should I get rid of your forgetter? But I'm telling you, if he gets rid of your forgetter, because that's actually biblical, you know. Paul told Timothy, continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Knowing. I said, well, I'm not that smart. I need help. And so, and then, you know what? There'll be few that will ask him. See, I was, right? Why should he do it anyway? So you got to decide. So the secret of Paul's life, Paul lived a crucified life. And you ought to be living the crucified life if you want to be used to the full extent God wants to use you today down here. If you want to get to know him, if you want to uh, magnify him with your life, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to learn to die and die daily. You should die. You make a decision, hard part over, hard part past. No, then it's discipline. You discipline yourself like an athlete would. Certain places you don't go no more. Certain things you don't eat no more. Certain things you don't do no more. See, an athlete's going to cover everything about his life. And I learned that from the, the, the doctor there about my teeth. He said, don't know where soda pop, no more this, no more that, no more that, no night and that, no, no, no orange slice at two in the morning. Now I'm telling you, the flesh saying, hey, you're going to die, you're going to give me a food. I got, I got, I got, I got. I said, he said, no, no. So no is no. You can tell, you can tell. Y'all don't live in my world, do you? You do. You actually live in my world, but you just, you can say no. You really can't. And so, crucified with Christ. So, anyway, we've got a couple more minutes. I, I never get done. I never get done. I hardly ever get a sermon done anymore. But anyway, Paul had been talking about this crucified life, but the answer is, what's the answer? Well, I found it years ago, Galatians 5.24, those that are Christ. I said, I'm yours. He said, all right, it's for you. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust. So what was Paul saying? He's simply saying this. A crucified man is one who's put to death his own lust of the flesh. A crucified man is one who put to death his desires of the flesh, the affection of the flesh. So then you've got to say, okay, um, anything you love more than you love Christ is a lust of the flesh, you say. And, and, and that's what you got to Anything you love more than you love Christ is an affection of the flesh, and so for the sake of time. So, and to the degree that you choose, it's a decision to yield your life, you don't have to, but you choose. It's not Adam's fault. It's your fault. If you complained this morning, don't go blaming Adam or your wife and this, that, and the other. It was your fault you complained this morning. If she was a better wife, I'd be a great wife. I mean, a great husband or whatever. No. To the degree that you are alive to those fleshly lusts, to those fleshly desires, to those fleshly affections, to the very same degree, you're choosing now to live the self-life totally opposite of the crucified life. Totally opposite direction. The crucified life is the life within the child of God who determines, by God's grace, I am going to die. It's a step. I know I'm going to die. Die to what? Well, I'm going to die to my flesh. <laughs> my flesh does not want limitations. My flesh does not want to be denied. I get into Walmart. I'm telling you what. He wants a cookie, and he wants a chocolate chip cookie now. And then, I mean, they put it when you go in the door. They're crying out, eat me too, try me too. Do this, that, and the other. And you're going to have to... 
No. <laughs> no. He, gonna be, he don't like it. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, like a city broken down and without walls. Folks, you have no walls. You don't know what he said. You have no walls. So an easy mark for the devil. I mean, an easy prey. And you drift toward the world, worldly pleasures, very little resistance in the flesh. Man, he calls the shots. Some may going to call the shots. You can say, no, you should have got this when you were seven in a Christian home. This is not, this is not deep stuff yet. Okay? And so I'm going to die to my lust of the flesh. I'm going to die to my desires of the flesh. I'm going to die to my affections of the flesh. And that is, I'm going to crucify my flesh. It's a decision. I'm going to crucify my lust of the flesh. And so, what is it that you love more than you love the Lord? You've got to decide. Anything in all the world, you'd not give up for the Master. Remember, I already shared with you last night, I'm telling you, and God knows, God knows how to get what you're trying to keep from Him. <laughs> Okay, you'll learn it the hard way then. So anything in the world you're not giving it for Christ now, that's your job. That's your job. But I've got 15 years in this thing. So what? He can do a far better job with you. I'm telling you, your job, I'm talking career, hobby, ambitions, uh, possessions, anything that you'd not lay down for Jesus tonight. Is there anyone in all the world holds greater affection than Jesus did? You want to walk with God? Any man come after me and hate not his father and mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot my disciple, okay? You're going to have to decide. That don't take another decade to get it. And so, is anyone in all the world holds greater affection than a master does? That's any mom, any daddy, any brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, grandson. You said, I surrender all. Okay, did you surrender your children? God saw fit to take one home, okay? Yeah, you better be really, you got you to face the reality of that. Has he ever made a mistake? See, you got it in your head, but it's not in your heart yet. When I surrender all, when you say I surrender all, you surrender your eyes. So if God saw fit to take your eyes, okay, you say, thank God, he got my eyes, okay? He takes your hearing, okay? Okay, you surrender, right? Your tongue and all your mind, we talked about you got to yield your mind to God. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely? What sort of things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise from this point forward and you walk with me, only think on these kinds of things. See, your mind will be governed and guided by those kinds of things and that's it, period. Because you've made the final decision in your life, now you've got to find out what you ought to be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, yeah, it doesn't go over very good, I know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's not trying to take something away from you. The man is like telling people about salvation. They don't want what we got in salvation. Guilt all gone. Heaven, you know, not hell. I tell folks to come and walk with God. You take it to a new level, and they don't want it, man. They just they don't want that. No one can live that way. That's It starts with a simple decision, a simple decision. And God will come alongside and take you places you've never dreamed possible. And so is anything in all the world that means more to you than Christ does? A dream, a plan, ambition, a goal, a feeling, an attitude? We all have an old sin nature, an old flesh nature that has carnal lust, has carnal desires. I'm sorry. We can't get away from that. It's part of our nature. <laughs> Praise God. He left it there to build character in his kids. We can say no. Okay, remember, I shared with you, I'm sure I'm shared with you folks too, but you go home, turn on TV. 
Something comes on TV not fit to watch. Now, what you could do and should do is get up, turn the thing off. Especially, you bring yourself under the authority of God. Psalm 101, verse 3, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. You know, James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, if you actually believe any of that. And so, so you get up and turn it off. Okay. Does it cease to exist? No, it exists out there somewhere, but you've turned off the reception. <laughs> Get it. Your sin nature exists. It exists when you got up this morning. He wanted to call the shots. He exists in you right now. He's crying to go home. I'm on page 3 of 12, okay, or 14. Okay, he's crying to go home, and then he'd be crying at the night to keep you up, and then he'd be crying in the morning to stay in bed, hit the snooze button. Well, you, under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you have the same power over the sin nature, I mean, the, the old sin nature that you have you born with, calling the shots, uh, that you have over that bad TV program. You've had that ever since you experienced new birth at age five. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You know, I have to stay under the bondage of a complaining. If you do, as a one of God's kids, you have now chosen to do that. It's not his fault, it's your fault, because he gave you the victory the day that he saved you. He said, I did not know that. So it's going to take you another decade to get it. <laughs> That's a no, okay. I had one, one brother in Christ. He says, I've heard more truth in 30 minutes than I have in 30 years. Well, what are we teaching out there? Well, I mean, what are we, what are we saying? This is, this is Christianity 101. What I'm sharing with you is Christianity 101. Just think what might God do with you if he actually had all there is of you. Not 10%, 15%, 25%, but he had 100% of all there is of you. There's no telling what we might do. He never told us something we could not do. Go in and all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, and so, so we have all this in nature uh, that has carnal desires. We can't get away from that part of our nature. So what would Paul say? And he said, though we have one, though we have all this in nature that has carnal desires and have missions and goals and that, 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 the crucified man does not allow those to control him. The crucified man does not permit those things to control him. They don't control where he goes. They don't control what he does. They don't control what he says. They don't control what he feels. Those lusts, those desires, those affections of the flesh do not control the crucified man because the crucified man has instead did something about it. He has crucified those lusts of the flesh, those desires of the flesh, those affections of the flesh. Now, I ain't even got about presumptuous sins yet. Okay? And, and so I'll give you an example how they did how do some of the, how I do some of what I do? Uh, now I, I, don't, I won't go in financial debt to serving. He's got to pay his own bills. I'm not going to go in financial debt to serve the king. And so that was a decision made in 90, uh, 90, uh, 2005. But that's something I learned into, and so I try to show people you don't have to go in financial debt to serve him. If his roof leaking, leaking, let him tell him his roof is leaking, and uh, let him take care of it. You don't have to go in financial debt to to, to fix his roof. But, uh, okay, I was in, um, now I like a Milky Way. I'm not asking for a Milky Way candy bar, okay? That's not the point of my, what I'm saying. Now, somebody will come in with a whole bag of milk. I'm not asking for a Milky Way candy bar, okay? Listen to what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and so, so my flesh likes a Milky Way candy bar, okay? And I get in, and so... I make, so I'm trying to crucify my flesh. I'm trying to call the shots. He wants to call the shots. Somebody's going to call the shots, and I'm going to call the shots, okay? So he's crying out. He wants one. And I, so I said, okay, if I got a dollar in my wallet, 
uh, I'll buy me a candy bar. If no dollar in the wallet, I'm not going to go in financial. I'm not going to use my debit card to get me a candy bar. Okay, now that's easy to make a decision. Okay, decision, hard part over, hard part past. No, a faith he can't test, he can't trust. So you go to the Lord and say, hey, you know, you give me a dollar, I'll get a candy bar. No dollar, no candy bar. Okay, no dollar, no candy, candy Okay, and so now a faith he can't test, he can't trust. This is old school, okay? And so, uh, uh, and, and you got to keep, you got to be on the lookout. Uh, you know, he'll, 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 let the, he'll let the string go, man. He'll just let you hang yourself, okay? If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So he'll just let the string go out and see if you actually meant it. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you, oh, but, okay. And so, so I go to this, this people's house, and, this guy, and the lady says, Will you take my son and, and change his boots? The boots are too small. I said, I can do that for you. And so now I'm not knowing that I'm going to get in the store. And, you know, in the store, you get there, and next thing you know, here's the candy crying out there. Got the racks all the way down. And so we, me and, and, and Ben, we go in the store, and we're going through the store, and the, bin, and the candy's over here saying, Try me too, try me too. And so I go over there and pick up the candy bar, and then I remember uh, you made uh, 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 Ecclesiastes 5.4, When thou makest the vow unto God, defer not to pay it. He had no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. It's in the book. But anyway, and so I told the Lord if I had a dollar, I'd get a candy bar. I didn't have a candy bar. A uh, dollar. I wouldn't get one. And so I pulled out my wallet. Oh, no dollar. <sighs> oh, God. He'll get over it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's merciful, he's gracious, I mean, long-suffering, he's patient, it, yeah. So I could have given in if I wanted to, I, started, I almost did, I, I, man, I, you know, the milk chocolate and all that caramel, you can taste that. and so I'm now, and then I'm going, oh, and I take my wallet, and I said, no, and so I walked, and I go back here with Ben to get the shoe, and then we come back, and there he is, right at the counter, we're just walking in the counter, and he's crying out again, eat me too, eat me too. Ben... I gotta get out of here. Man, he don't know what's going on. I'll fly out the door. I'm gone. Okay, make no provision of the flesh and have no confidence in the flesh and, and flee. <laughs> Didn't somebody do that? <laughs> Didn't Joseph flee? Yeah, so, so anyway, I just, I've learned of this. So I'm just flying. He had no clue what was going on. Now I said that to say this. I got home. I got home and on my desk, the, the lady was so grateful that I actually took her son and go to the, she put $50 on, the, on my table when I got home. Man, I had all kinds of candy bars. I'm guaranteeing you, I'm telling you, if I if I'd have got that candy bar, I would have failed, and I would have never got that $50. I'm convinced that that wasn't mine. Well, that was old school, okay? You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense to anybody but Norm? I mean... I just, it's, it, but that, that's, that stuff is old school. And so you, your flesh does not want to It don't want to be that. He wants to call the shots. But you're going to get some character. You're going to have to tell him no. And, and so I, I was, okay, so Paul, uh, say, I take the old sin nature, the old flesh nature that I have that we're born with, I nail him to the cross. And I've actually given up my rights, my dreams, my plans, my ambition, my goals, my children, my family, and cars. Uh, but can that be said of God's people? Have you made a decision to walk with God, to live for Christ, to pursue the will of God with your whole heart? Have you presented your bodies, yielded your bodies? Do you know what he said? Have you, uh, have you nailed this in nature? Have you given up your rights, your dreams, your plans? John 12, 24, that was it. Verily, verily, I send you, except the going of wheat fall on the ground and die by my own. But if you die, you'll bring forth much fruit and you've got to die. So have you given up it all because you too can say, I'm crucified with Christ. Then it gets worse. <laughs> And then a crucified life is a life that demands a Christ call the shots. He comes first. He's preeminent. He can't be prominent. He's got to be preeminent. Mark 8, 34. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So what was he saying? Hey, will you walk with me? Come walk with me. 
I saved you so that you might choose to walk with me by my side as my friend. And if you do that, uh, I've got to be first. I've got to be first in your life. got to be first in your dreams. I've got to be first in your plans. I've got to be first in your ambition. I've got to be first in your goals. I've got to be first in your job. I've got to be first in your career. I've got to be first in your I've got to be first. Anything that contradicts my will, you've got to go. And that's why a vast majority of God's children, they will never live the life, sort of the life that the Apostle Paul lived. Let alone, let's go above the Apostle Paul. Paul had nothing. He wrote it. It's written for our admonition so we can take it to a new level, folks. We got everything he said. We don't have to make the same mistakes these other Christians made. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all look at me like, you got to be kidding. Oh. Yeah, this was our instruction. Christ wouldn't say anything. You got it right here. And get to know him and walk with God like no other Christian on the planet. Just think what he might do with you. If he actually had all there is of you. And so you got to decide. Anything that contradicts the will of God, life, life has got to go. And so God's people are not willing to do that. They're not willing to give up whatever contradicts the will of God in their life. Therefore, they'll never live the kind of life the Apostle Paul lived. First uh, Corinthians 15, verse 31, Paul said, I die daily. So we'll just finish with this here. And so you say, what must I do? Oh, you need to know your lust of the flesh to cross, your desires of the flesh to cross, the facts of the flesh. You need to know your dreams, plans, ambition to go. Also, are you crucified with Christ? And then number two is... Uh, Christ liveth in me. <laughs> hey, that's I like that. Christ liveth in me. And you know how you do all this? By faith. By faith. And I say, God, people have no faith. They have very little faith at all. Yeah. So, well, y'all happy to be in church tonight? Wasn't it great to be in church? This is a great place to be in church, right? Man, best place on the planet. Y'all coming back, right? Yeah, no, you can I come an hour this way just to listen to you walking that way. All I'm saying is, I love you. Does it? Does that come? All I'm saying is, I love you. That's that's all. I'm, you know. See, I don't want you to bow the knee one day with a frown in mind, and so you'll not be able to point the finger and say, God, I did not know. He said, No, I sent my servant. See, I'm a gift. I'm a gift given by the Almighty. And I think that's why he reared me up in this century, in this time period, to go out and go tell my people. So that when they bow the knee before me one day, my people will have no excuse. It was their decision. And so you have to decide. And there's so much. It's amazing. I haven't, I haven't even got started yet. It's the truth. All righty. So you're going to decide? What do you, what do you, what do you, did you make a decision? Remember, every decision you make, you draw one step closer to God. No decision, no closer to God. Did you, why is it so important you're abiding in Christ? What's the condition of abiding in Christ? Have you uh, presented your body a living sacrifice? Are you dedicated to God? Are you giving to God in every single way? You're going to crucify the flesh to the affections. Are you going to turn off TV and uh, memorize his words so you can walk with God? Those are those all those are the decisions. And every decision you make, you draw one step closer to God. And to much is given, many steps, much is required. And then it'll come a point where he says, you do that again, you are a dead man. Yeah. Sin unto death. 
But I'm telling you, it's a good deal. Honestly. He's not trying to take something away from you. Been running lives a long time before you got here. Remember me telling you that decades ago? I told that in Ketchum's church. I've preached this message there, but it's a lot more to me now. You know, he's, all, he's, did, he's been running lives a long time before you got healed. He'll be running lives a long time after we're gone. He's always done a good job. He's never made one mistake. God never fails. Why then don't we just let him call the shots? Let us go where he wants to go. Bring our life in total submission to him. Uh, go to the, why won't, you know, why won't you go to a foreign field? Serve him on some foreign field. See, we're all in full-time Christian service, folks, whether you know it or not. If you're one of his, you're in a full-time Christian service, and you ought to be serving him. You're going to serve someone, serve something. Who you're going to serve can't serve two. Jesus made that clear. So you've got to choose who you're going to serve. So we're trying to serve God and we're trying to serve the flesh. We're trying to be what God wants and we're trying to be what the world wants. That has got to stop. Period. And you need to decide. 